Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Today's topic is going to be about chronic pain and using medicinal marijuana. I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is back for a second interview. Her name is Dr. Rachna Patel. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Rachna Patel has been practicing in the area of medical marijuana for over half a decade. She walks patients step-by-step through how to use medical marijuana for their specific medical condition without getting high off of it, without getting addicted to it, and without smoking it. She speaks from the experience of having treated thousands of patients and having read research study upon research study on marijuana. She completed her medical studies at Toro University College of Osteopathic Medicine. Dr. Patel, thank you so much for being back on the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So for, for our listeners out there, I'll make sure to put our first interview, that the link to that first interview we did in the podcast notes, because really our first interview, we were kind of just giving an introduction on this whole area of medical marijuana because so many people have so many questions about it. There's so many you know, um, myths about medical marijuana. We, we really wanted to keep that episode kind of broad. And uh, this episode, I really wanted to focus on chronic pain because there, as you know, there's an opioid crisis going on as, as we speak. And, um, and, and diving into how um, cannabis can help with chronic pain. But before we really dive in, I wanted to just ask you um, if you can... Tell our listeners, how did you end up in this field uh, of medical marijuana? Yeah. So it all starts um, one sleepless night when I happened on an ad on Craigslist that said, medical marijuana doctor needed. So just to give you a little bit of background, uh, my background is actually in emergency medicine. And as I was going through my training, um, it, it was really interesting. I was sort of, it was sort of a slap in the face to, to reality because very naively I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to save lives. And instead what I was seeing was that um, there were patients that were coming in um, uh, uh, seeking um, uh, medications to, to get high off of. Um, there were patients that were coming in that had overdosed on, on these pain medications, okay, whether it was intentional or unintentional. Um, uh and then um, I did a toxicology rotation uh, where the sole purpose of this rotation was to treat overdoses on, on prescription and on over-the-counter medications. And, um, you know, at some point you take a step back and, and it's like, okay, this is not what I signed up for. I, I, didn't, I didn't sign up to just 
you know, get, uh, on the one hand, give out prescriptions uh, for medications, and then on the other hand, you know, having to treat the overdoses for them. Um, and the, the, there's the, the, the night that I couldn't sleep, it was after I had worked about 90 hours in a period of five days while I was training, um, actually on my toxicology rotation. And, um, and that's when I just, just aimlessly, I was browsing the internet and I, and I, um, I was browsing Craigslist and that's when I happened on the ad. And from that point onwards for a period of about a year, I, I reviewed the research on medical marijuana, um, and I certainly found it compelling. Um, there are a lot of conditions that were coming up that are typically resistant to conventional um, uh, treatments. Um, fibromyalgia, for instance, is one example. Um, so that was definitely stunning. And then the other thing was I came across a study um, that, that showed that with the use of medical marijuana, patients were able to lower their doses of, of of prescription pain medications. Um, so that's always a good sign um, uh, with a medication. So the next thing was, okay, you know, um, uh, being sort of uh, born and raised in Jersey, you learn to exercise a healthy dose of skepticism. So I wasn't going to believe what I read until I actually saw it for myself. Um, and that's when I decided to uh, work at a medical marijuana clinic out in California. And I've been doing that since 2012. And what are like the big five or six conditions that medical marijuana is very good at addressing besides pain? Sure. So there's really top, there's three different conditions. Chronic pain is, is number one. Um, and then there's anxiety and insomnia. And it's really a toss up between the two as to, as to which one is more, uh, more frequently treated. Um, and then within the umbrella of chronic pain, you know, it's, it's a wide variety of conditions. Back pain is certainly one of the more common conditions, um, especially back pain from degenerative disc disease, from herniated discs, from bulging discs, um, uh, patients who have sciatica. Um, then I have patients who have arthritis, uh, patients um, with, with mus muscular conditions, right? So um, patients with multiple sclerosis that get spasms. Uh, patients with Parkinson's who get tremors, um, migraines, uh, patients with um, fibromyalgia. So some of the, so those are some of the more common conditions that, that I treat. And when it comes to pain, like I'm thinking um, from a clinical standpoint, there's different types of pain. There's, yeah. jo there's joint pain, there's muscular pain, there's bone pain, there's what's called central sensitization, there's, there's nerve pain, there's all of these different pain types. And um, does, does the medical marijuana, depending on the different pain type, does it, you know, are there differences in its effectiveness or? Um, okay. So three, you know, there really went, so there's a bunch of different types of pain, right? So let's, I, the way I like to organize it is, is by the condition that it affects, right? So there's, there's nerve related pain, there's muscle-related pain, and then there's bone-related pain. And those are the conditions that I most commonly treat. Now, what, what matters in terms of results when it comes to marijuana is, is, number one, the combination of chemicals that you use, right? So there's sort of this um, hype 
about CBD, you know, CBD, uh, CBD, which is one of the chemicals in marijuana being the cure-all for, for pain. And that's actually, clinically, I haven't found that to be the case. Um, it does work well for certain conditions of pain, but then for other conditions, you do need uh, a certain amount of THC as well. And, and here's a reason for it. One of the big components of pain is inflammation, okay? Now, yes, CBD does have anti-inflammatory properties, but so does THC. And there's what's called a synergistic effect going on, right? So one chemical enhances the effect of the other. And, um, and that's why in certain, uh, with certain conditions, you really need both to, to impact that inflammation that's going on. So is it just that the CBD and THC are, are impacting the inflammation? Is it working in some other kind of uh, like pharmacological way? Yeah, so there's a couple different ways that, that marijuana uh, reduces pain. Okay, so, so let me walk you through them. So first is that it modulates pain along the pain pathways. So let me simplify that for you. Basically, you know, we have receptors uh, all over our body that send, that send signals to the brain that, you know, hey, this hurts. So what marijuana does is that it dampens those signals that go to the brain. So that's that's one of the ways um, in which uh, in which marijuana works. And actually, you know, interestingly, um, w- the research has shown that animals that are in states of pain actually have more receptors for the chemicals in marijuana along these pain pathways. Um, so it, it's like the body is is wanting these chemicals to activate these receptors. Um, Second thing is that is that marijuana alters the the perception of pain. So a lot of times, you know, I've had patients tell me, you know, the marijuana um, is helping to take my mind off of the pain, or that the pain doesn't bother me as much. Um, and and so there was a study done back in 2012 where they took 12 healthy volunteers. And they applied capsaicin to their legs. Now, capsaicin comes from, from chili pepper. So if you can imagine, if, any, if you apply that to the skin, it's going to burn. It causes pain. Um, then they gave these patients marijuana. And then they took MRI scans of their brain. And what they found was that, that um, two parts of the brain were impacted. One is the anterior midcingulate cortex. And the second is the amygdala. And these are both parts of the brain that are involved in, in the emotional interpretation of pain. So, so you do have one aspect of pain processing going on where, you know, your brain's telling you, okay, this is what hurts. But then there's another part of your brain that's saying, you know, this doesn't feel good. This feels really, really bad. And so it seems like what the marijuana is doing is it's, you know, it's, 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 it's saying, you know, it doesn't feel as bad as you think it does. Um, and then finally, there's the, the inflammation component of it. Um, and this works at a very cellular level. Um, and what the marijuana is doing is that it's, um, number one, it's attacking the cells that are, that are causing inflammation. Uh, number two, it's suppressing the production of cytokines, right? So these are signals, uh, signaling chemicals, um, that are made to start and stop inflammation. So it, so it suppresses the production of those chemicals. 
And then finally, um, it activates T regulatory cells. Um, and these are cells that we have in the body to, to make sure that um, the body doesn't respond to um, any what are called self-antigens. And, and it prevents any autoimmune disease, prevents am- inflammation from happening, pretty much. So those are the three main ways that I found that, that marijuana helps to reduce pain. Um, and, and I've seen it play out clinically um, I would say in, in all three ways, um, just based on, on what my patients have reported to me. So your, de- your description of how um, CBD and THC have their effects on the body has me quite like, whoa, I didn't know any of that. And I can see that as being extremely promising mm-hmm. for, for all yeah. these people out there that are in pain. Yeah. And, you know, compared to medications that are typically prescribed for inflammation, like, you know, um, uh, steroids, um, uh, there are long-term um, uh, adverse effects to taking those. Um, uh, NSAIDs, so basically like like Advil, ibuprofen, um, you know, you can get um, gastrointestinal issues. It can impact the functioning of your kidneys. Um, Long term, I haven't, again, there's not a lot of research on this. Um, but I can, from a, from a clinical perspective, what I can say is that, you know, I've had patients that have been using marijuana, being in the Bay Area, you know, since back in the 60s. And um, they've been using it on an almost regular basis. And what I haven't found is that patients are coming back. I haven't found any general um, uh, uh, complaints that patients have um, uh, repeated, you know, repeated to me over and over again. So what, what happens is that when, uh, when patients use medications, uh, when there are certain side effects um, that occur, it, you'll notice that patients will, will, you know, different patients will tell you the same thing over and over again. That, oh, like, let's take the, the instance of opioids, for instance. Um, the, Common side effects are constipation, nausea, vomiting, and I hear it over and over again from patients, and I haven't found that to be the case with with marijuana with specific side effects. That's even more promising. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think it has a, you know, when it comes to chronic pain, uh, I firmly believe that we don't have a good solution in conventional medicine, Um, and I do feel like this this is a good alternative. Well, as I was saying at the beginning of our interview, there's this opioid crisis going on right now. Yeah. And I was I was just at the the pharmacy, um, getting a thyroid prescription filled for myself, and mm-hmm. on the counter there was a, a sign about you know if uh, if uh, if somebody wants training in using um, was it naloxone? Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a reversal agent. Yeah, for uh, opioid overdose. For an opioid, and I was just like, I, I was just like, am I reading this right? Do I like? Is this wow? Like so this, this is, is right. Just... This is like wow, right on the counter here at my local pharmacy. Because you you know you hear about this opioid crisis and you just think it's you know it's in North America somewhere. Well, yeah, it's it's right there at the local pharmacy. So it's out okay. there. Yeah. So they, were they? Is this? By prescription, or it's made available over the counter? Because I know you're out in in Canada. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how it's made available to people. Just that okay, that it is being ma- made available, I guess, to family members. You know, in case of an overdose. Yeah. <clears throat> wow, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. And then I was, we 
I was just watching the functional forum. The last episode was all about um, functional medicine and neurology. And one of the speakers was just talking about how in the states where medical marijuana has become legal, mm-hmm. the rate of opioid um, abuse has dropped significantly, like by, I want to say 30% or, or more. It's just like, wow. Yeah. And I'm not surprised because here's what I see clinically. So so I went into medical marijuana expecting that, okay, you know, patients will probably continue to use their prescription medications, uh, prescription pain medications, but then they'll use m- medical marijuana along with it. And maybe they'll be able to, you know, at the very least lower some of their, the, the doses of these prescription pain medications. But over time, what I found was that the patients were coming to me and telling me, um, you know, Dr. Patel, I'm, I'm off of a lot of my prescription pain medications, um, and a lot of these medications included opioids. And you know, the the, the group that um, I found that it, it, it that surprised me was were the patients with fibromyalgia, which tend to be pretty resistant to to conventional. Um, uh, pain medications, you know, and usually they're on like a cocktail. Um, and these patients were coming back to me and saying that, you know, I'm, I'm using just the medical marijuana to manage my pain. So that I found very, very surprising because typically they start off on opioids then they move on to antidepressants, which are sometimes used for, for pain management. Then sometimes um, anti-seizure medications are also used for pain management. So you kind of just, you know, doctors are walking down the line um, of, of treatments and then, you know, lo and behold, they're on all these different medications which are causing side effects. So, so I'm not surprised. Um, and, and depending on how things go legally, I do see this as a, a replacement for, for opioids. You know, I have to tell you this story about my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is in Chicago and uh, I went to visit her last month for, you know, my vacation, see how she's doing and visit all my family and friends. And so we're, we're sitting there and we're watching a, um, uh, you know, just the evening news or whatever, and some story comes up about medical marijuana. And she's just like, she. so she's 74 years old. She just turned 74. She's born and raised in the Midwest, very conservative. So this news story comes up about medical marijuana, and she's just like rolling her eyes, and oh my God, that's just what the world needs, is this mar- medical marijuana, you know, all the states legalizing it, the world's going to go to hell after that. And Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just like, but mom, you have so much arthritis in your hips. You have so much arthritis in your knees. You have so much arthritis in your body. Like, this could actually help you. But no, she's just like very conservative, like, that's that's a drug. Like, yeah. it's an illegal drug. It's bad. There's a stigma to it. Mm-hmm. So there's still a lot of people who kind of have this stigma on medical marijuana. Yeah, they do. And I think, you know, here's there's a historical context to the fears. Um, in the United States, uh, you know, marijuana was actually available um, as a tincture uh, over-the-counter at pharmacies up until 1937. So so this is a medication just like, you know, present-day day, um, Advil or Tylenol. But what happened was that you had a couple different things going on politically and economically. Okay, the first was that um, uh, you had a politician named Harry Anslinger who um, uh, was very open with with um, being a racist. And then you had the Great Depression going on um, at the same time. So you had a lot of Americans without jobs. you know. But at the same time, you had um, a 
a big migration of Mexicans into the United States. And a lot of the jobs that they were taking were as work in the fields. And so there was resentment towards the Mexicans because they had jobs and the Americans didn't. And then also, um, you had the Hearst industry. I think his first name is William. Um, he owned um, uh, uh, a lot of the newspapers, and then he ended up also uh, owning um, uh, paper production companies as well. And so hemp was a big threat to, you know, as a competitor for, for his industry. So eventually, you know, all of this culminated into um, Harry Anslinger um, instituting a marijuana tax act. And basically, people, if anybody wanted to use, sell um, uh, marijuana, they had, they had to pay an exorbitant tax, pretty much like nobody could afford it. And essentially, it deemed it illegal. Um, and then you move forward to the era of Nixon. Um, and that's when the, I believe that's when the Controlled Substances Act went into place. Um, and then, you know, fast forward into the 80s, during the Reagan era, you had this whole... Um, drug war, the war on drugs. <laughs> and so um, I think a lot of those fears are, they stem from um, propaganda, I feel like. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the way that it's classified, I don't think it has a lot to do with uh, health or, or, you know, it's not really based on research, but it has to do a lot more with with politics and economics more than anything else. So, so I, I think it depends on, on the generation. I've noticed that that's, that's a huge thing. Depending on the generation in which the person was raised, um, their, their perception of marijuana tends to, tends to vary. So can you talk about some of the results that you've seen with the patients that you've worked with, you know, once they started to use medical marijuana for their pain? I, like I would just imagine their quality of life just drastically changed. Yeah, definitely. So, so first is that it reduces levels of pain, right? So typical results that I see are that patients with severe pain, they're able to get their pain down to, to, to moderate to mild levels of pain, right? And then those with mild levels of pain are actually able to eliminate their pain. Um, and as I mentioned before, I also um, have seen a change in the use of prescription medications. Now, I mentioned my best case scenario, which is that patients are able to completely eliminate the use of prescription medications um, and just use medical marijuana to help manage their pain. But in other scenarios, this is not always possible, right? So there are some patients where they still continue to take their prescription medications, but they're able to reduce the number of medications that they're on, or they're able to reduce the dosages of these medications. Um, and then in the worst case scenario, um, patients, you know, continue to take the same number and dosages of the prescription medications, but they're better able to manage their pain with the use of medical marijuana. Um Quality of life, I, this is where I've seen the, the, the biggest difference. Um, I've seen, diff, you know, um, uh, a difference in patients physically, but also mentally and emotionally. So, you know, a lot of times um, pain prevents patients from engaging in the activities that, that they enjoy. You know, exercise being one. I have a lot of patients that, that aren't able to golf or to garden because, because of the pain but once their pain is better managed with the use of medical marijuana, they're, they're able to go back to doing these things. You know, even little things that my patients have told me about, like like opening jars, um, you know, anybody that has arthritis, it's, it's very difficult to do. Something that, you know, I think a lot of us tend to take for granted when we, when we don't have that sort of pain. 
Um, I also had one patient tell me that, you know, she's able to carry her grandchildren again. So, um, so, you know, that's, that's always a good feeling when you're, when you're, um, helping to improve the quality of a patient's life in that way. Um, it also helps, like I mentioned before, it helps to improve the, the quality of their sleep so patients are able to, to fall asleep and stay asleep. Um, if they do end up waking up in the middle of the night, they're able to fall back asleep without difficulty. Um, and, and then also, you know, a lot of times with, with sleep, a lot of prescription and over-the-counter sleep aids uh, leave patients feeling groggy in the morning. And I have found that that's not the case with marijuana. Um and then also, remember I said that um, a lot of patients will tell me that um, when I use the marijuana, it, the pain doesn't bother me as much, or the marijuana helps me to get the, my mind off of the pain. And w- the way that helps is that patients are able to focus better, they're able to concentrate better, um, and for a lot of these patients, it, it helps helps them at work, helps their performance at work. Um, and then long-term pain can have emotional um, uh, impact as well, right? So a lot of these patients suffer from anxiety, they suffer from depression. And so the way that I found marijuana helps is that it helps to reduce their anxiety. Um, you know, it, it helps to reduce, uh, uh, racing thoughts that they have, uh, when they, when they get into bed at night. Um, for a lot of these patients, it also helps to eliminate panic attacks as well. So I think that that covers the basics of, of what I've seen in my patients in terms of results. So, Dr. Patel, it sounds like anybody with chronic pain could benefit from a trial of medicinal marijuana, but are there conditions where chronic pain, um, conditions that, you know, include chronic pain where medical marijuana has not really worked? Yeah, so I found over the years there are two conditions that are that I haven't been able to help with medical marijuana. One is is a severe case of spinal stenosis. Okay, yeah, so these, yeah. Yeah, yeah, these are patients that have what causes them pain is is what not when they're sitting, but when they're when they're standing and when they're walking. So the, these are severe cases where you know even if they they walk about five hundred feet, that causes them a lot of pain. Those cases, I've had a really difficult time um, uh, uh, managing their pain with medical marijuana. So that's that's one mm-hmm. uh, population group. The other group is um, severe shingles. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, it, it's uh, in any sort of uh, what's called herpetic neuralgia. So basically, uh, nerve-related pain due to some sort of viral infection. Um, I found it difficult to help manage the pain with um, with medical marijuana. So, Dr. Patel, is there anything else that we've not touched on yet (laughs) during today's interview on uh, using medical marijuana for chronic pain that you think our listeners could learn more about? Yeah, so there there are three main components to be aware of when when using um, medical marijuana. One is, you know, using the right combination of chemicals, because as I mentioned before, different chemicals have different effects on pain. Um, uh, so that's number one. Second is um, getting the marijuana to the right dose. You don't want to underdo it. You don't want to overdo it. So that you kind of want to get it just right so that you get the, the proper effect from it. And actually, I want to mention that there are times where if you take too much, too high of a dose, the marijuana will make your pain worse. So it's important to hit that sweet spot in terms of dosing. And then the third thing is 
um, let's see, um, uh, managing, um, uh, and also, you know, in terms of frequency of use as well. I found that a lot of my patients don't have to use the marijuana on an everyday basis to help manage their pain. Um, reason for this is that marijuana is a fat-soluble substance, so it sticks around in the body. Um, so, so you don't, um, you don't want, again, you don't want to overdo it. So, you know, keep those, those points in mind if you're going to be using medical marijuana as the treatment option. Dr. Patel, this has been extremely interesting, just like our first interview. And again, for our (laughs) listeners, I'll make sure that that link is in the podcast notes so that you can listen to that one. Dr. Patel, how can our listeners find out more about you? And do you have any uh, recommendations for um, uh, websites or, or information for, you know, listeners who want to learn more? Yeah, sure. So, Okay, so um, you always want to get information from credible sources. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some websites that that do tend to give credible information. The first is Normal, so it's it's you can just Google it, but it's it's N O R M L. So it's like the word Normal spelled without the A. Um, and uh, I forget what the the acronym stands for, but it's a it's an organization for medical marijuana reform. Um, they have a library of information on their site. There's another website called Safe Access Now. Um, that's a good source of information as well. Then the other thing is, is that I'm always updating my YouTube channel um, with videos that are answering commonly asked questions. So you can use that as a resource as well. Um, and your listeners are more than welcome to post their questions in the comments section on my YouTube channel. Um, and then I usually answer questions every one to two weeks. And how do uh, our listeners find you on YouTube? Um, they, you know, they can just Google YouTube and the medical marijuana expert. Okay. And then, Dr. Patel, what's your website? My website is, um, it's Dr. Rachna Patel, and Rachna is spelled R-A-C-H-N-A, and Patel is spelled P-A-T-E-L. So it's drrachnapatel.com. So for all the listeners out there, I'll make sure to find all those links and put them in the podcast notes so that you can easily find all of these great resources. Dr. Patel, thank you so much for being my special guest again today. It's been another awesome interview. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope your listeners found this information valuable. I'm sure they did. I know I did. I learned a lot. Okay, great. (laughs) All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Rachna Patel. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.